A leper came to Jesus. Where did he come from? Well, we read the backstory. The backstory that told the story of so many outcasts. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. From the time of Leviticus onward, one who was unclean had to be far from the love of others. But this isn't just a history of certain people in ancient Israel. This is my story. I never had a chief priest call me unclean, but I gave myself that title. And I think you've given yourself that title. I I think that you have perceived failures in your vocation, failures in your walk with Jesus. And you have said to yourself, unclean, unfit for love. You do not deserve the love that God wants to give you. And we get to encounter Jesus the same way that leper did. That leper, who was proclaimed unclean, shows us the way to bring our uncleanness to Jesus today. What happened? A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. What beauty in that, if you wish. He didn't say, I demand that you make me clean. He didn't say, look at how mean they have been to me. They cast me out. I deserve to be made clean. He said, if you wish it, I trust you. And I trust you enough to share with you my desires. I want to be made clean. But more than anything, I want to be loved. Right? No, that's the the leper comes to Jesus, and he what he encounters there is not just a cure, but an entire new life. He leaves not just without his leprosy. He leaves proclaiming the glory of God. He leaves with a relationship with Jesus. We have called ourselves unclean. Maybe we have cast ourselves out. uh, The abode outside the camp. I can't be close to anybody. Look at how my relationships have gone. Look at all the brokenness in my family, in my marriage, in my friendships, at my work. I can't even keep a good relationship with Jesus. And we come to Jesus and we can either make demands or we can humbly like the leper say, Lord, if you wish, you can help me with this problem, with this other one and this other one. But more than anything, what I want is you. More than the things you can do for me, I want you. We keep reading. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The Lord wills our flourishing, but he also knows what our flourishing looks like much better than we do. We might have come to these days of retreat with quite a bit of resentment for the Lord. Because he hasn't, he hasn't cleaned me yet. He, he hasn't fixed me yet. 
I've been at this for so long and I'm still falling into some of the same mistakes. Why is he not letting me flourish on my terms? Well, it might be because your flourishing is far greater on his terms. I may have come here with an attitude of, I'm going to make some demands on God. He instead is moved with pity for your suffering. And he's willing to stretch out his hand, touch you, and speak words of healing over you. But you won't recognize any of it unless you take on the leper's attitude of, Lord, ultimately what I want is what you want for me. If, if this difficulty that I have been having in my family, with my health, whatever the case may be, if that is to endure, I, I want to endure it with you. Lord, I want for you to heal me in the way that you know I need to be healed. Not just in the way that I demand to be healed. If this is going to be a journey of years of healing, Lord, I want to take that journey with you. But if you want tonight to be the night, then my heart's here for you. Do something with it. You see, Paul, in the second reading, he had said, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. The Imitation of Christ, that's a book we might be familiar with. It's something that we strive to do. Back in the 90s, we had the WWJD bracelets. Uh, uh, we, we all want to be like Jesus. Tonight, how about you try that? Look at what Jesus was doing for the leper. Do that for yourself. If he was moved with pity for this leper... How about you finally let your heart be moved with pity for yourself? Jesus has nothing but this pity, this mercy, this tender love. Learn from his heart how to love your own heart. He stretched out his hand and touched him. You see, something beautiful is going to occur. Here at Mass, the Lord is going to come to you. And you are going to be able to receive him. There's going to be that touch of two persons. And then, as you are in communion with him, afterwards, we're going to relive that moment in a most beautiful way in Eucharistic adoration, where Jesus is going to come to you. Will you have enough pity for yourself to let your heart stretch out and meet the Lord? To be touched by him. And then when Jesus spoke those powerful words to the leper, saying, I do will it, be made clean. He speaks those words to you today, but he wants you to echo them. Because the, the wildest thing happens for us. Jesus forgives us of so much. He's the one that we've actually offended. And then we... Accept his forgiveness, but have higher standards than he does for who we're willing to forgive. Right? Because he's forgiven us and we say, yeah, but he's kind of easy. <laughs> right? I, I'm, a, I'm a tougher judge. I can't forgive myself yet because I clearly know right from wrong better than Jesus. He is making you clean today. You get to ratify that 
by the way that you speak to yourself as well? Are you going to keep calling yourself unclean when Jesus has made you clean? Are you going to keep casting yourself out of intimacy with the Lord and true communion with others? You have a part to play. You have these beautiful hours with the Lord on this retreat. But after this retreat, do you fall back into those old habits of self-talk that say, I'm good for nothing, I'm unclean. I'm never going to be better at this or that or this other thing. The Lord wants us to imitate him. So let's do so. Now the final and perhaps most beautiful aspect of the story with the leper is that he had lived his whole life making his abode outside the camp. Distant, set apart, and not in a good way. Jesus came and touched him. Jesus, who had been walking openly through the cities. Jesus, who was gaining so much popularity. Where does Jesus end up? It was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. He switched places with the leper. So great was his love that he said, I want you to be able to abide in love, and so I am going to be cast out. I am willing to switch places with you, to take on your leprosy, to take on your uncleanness, to take on your guilt and your shame, so that you can finally enjoy communion once more. That same Jesus was then led out of the city onto a hill where he died on a cross. And that cross, sometimes when we look upon it, it really hurts us because we only think of our guilt. We think, my sins put you there. His love put him there. May that cross not be a reminder of your guilt as much as it's a reminder of his love. That he is the one that sees you in the most unclean, worst places, your most terrible memories, and he says, that's where I want to touch you. And I am willing to take your place in the guilt, in the shame, in the being cast out, but will you let me? It's beautiful today and that powerful, powerful talk by Beth. She spoke of where God likes to dwell. Do you remember where, where, where his favorite dwelling place is? Yeah, your heart. And I don't know if Beth read the collect for Mass today before her talk, or if this is just another time of God's extravagant love for us being shown. But the prayer with which we began our Mass was, O oh God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true. Grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. You abide in hearts that are just and true. Three quarters of the people here said, well, that's not mine. So, Because uh, you're used to that negative self-talk. You're used to calling yourself unclean and casting yourself out. The Lord's saying, it doesn't have to be that way. Your heart can be made just and true. 
I think for many of you it happened today in confession. You were made righteous. You were restored to full justice. You had the courage to say the truth about where it hurts, where you failed, where God feels distant. In this Mass, the Lord comes to abide in that heart that beats within your breast. And it's a dwelling that pleases Him. And so, we recognize our reception of God's love pleases Him more than anything. We are an abode for the God who was willing to leave the throne of heaven, take up the throne of a cross, just so that we wouldn't be cast out. So, He invites us to stop casting ourselves out. To let Him abide with us and abide in us. And it's there that we recognize what it is that we were singing about in the song. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. The joy of salvation is not, good, I'm finally good enough to where I don't need Jesus. But that's how we treat it sometimes. We, we treat the moral life as if, oh, God must be upset with me because I still need him. God must be upset with me because I am not perfect all of the time. And it's in moments like that that we start imagining salvation more in terms of what we're saved from than what we're saved for. We only think of what I need to be saved from. My sins, my suffering, my bad attitude, my difficulties in family and work. Have you ever stopped to think, what are you saved for? You're saved for the joy of being with the Savior. You're saved for communion with Him. You're saved for what you're doing right now. You might think, God is expecting me to be somewhere else being better. Now, God's expecting you to be you as you are right here, right now. And He delights to abide in that heart of yours that He makes more just and He makes more true. The joy of salvation is to be healed for communion with the Lord. That only happens if we let it be on His timetable and according to His purposes. And to Him be all honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.